0: Official pod is presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport, but together at WinBet. Eric Allen here inside the studio, joined by Jet center, Connor McGovern. Connor, thank you so much for joining me today. First off, a lot of additions for the Jets here in the offseason, but you have a special one yourself, don't you?
1: Yep. Yeah, my w- <laughs> wife and I had just brought home our, our first baby. Uh, we had a baby girl on uh, four fourteen. Um, got home from the hospital on uh, on Saturday and, uh, you know, just doing the, uh, doing the dad life right now. I'll be back in Jersey and uh, in the building next week.
0: What's her name and how is everybody doing?
1: Mom and baby are great. The baby's name is Dylan Lucy McGovern. Um, and uh, she was a big girl, measured 21 inches, uh, 8 pounds, 15 ounces. So she was an ounce short of being a 9-pound baby. So, um, but wow. happy and healthy yep yep big girl
0: now you're out west right now the jets off season voluntary portion of the program started but you have a good excuse here not to be here right now. yep
1: i got i got the blessing from the coaches to uh to to postpone it a week it was actually so we came over to the hospital on saturday and then it was easter sunday and uh i'm from north dakota and a blizzard rolled through on sunday so even if i uh Tried to get out on Sunday. There was no way I was getting out of here on Sunday. Um, And then Monday, it was still pretty bad. So I wouldn't have been able to get there till, you know, tonight anyways. And the coaches were like, you know what? Enjoy being a dad for a week um, and uh, we'll see you next Monday. So they were the Jets were awesome about it.
0: So a guy from North Dakota, what is your definition of a blizzard? (laughs)
1: Uh, you know, it was only about two or, th- or two or three inches, which isn't a lot of snow volume, but it was windy, you know, like 30, 40 mile an hour winds. The snow was blowing like crazy. Your visibility, you know, is like a quarter of a mile or half a mile. So it's not great visibility. Um, so it was a uh, it was, a, you know, if it was February, it would have been a pretty normal snow light blizzard. Um, but for April, it was a, it was a pretty big one. So.
0: But you're hanging out with your parents right now, so everybody's able yep. to celebrate the new addition to the family. And also, you guys are going to have a new home. You're working on that, right?
1: Yep, yep, working on building a new home. So we, uh, my dad likes to joke that his NFL son moved back home. Um, we just kind of did the classic millennial thing, and uh, we're living with our my parents right now while our our house is getting built here at Park.
0: Hey, man, it's been a busy off season for you on multiple fronts. What can you tell me about your participation in the ABLE games and what are the ABLE games?
1: Yes, the ABLE games is something that uh, myself and Kim Plattson over at TNT Fitness here in Fargo came up with, Um, and it's a platform for people with all abilities to compete um, in a physical competition, you know, being an NFL football player. Uh, competitions kind of my life you know it's it's something that I love and I find something to compete in every day um, I think everybody on the team or in the NFL is a, is you know what you'd classify as ultra competitive and you just you just love it and um, so <clears throat> I got involved with the special Olympics uh, or special needs athletes through the special Olympics in college uh, my good buddy Mitch Morris uh, who's a, a center in the NFL? Um, got me involved with the, the Special Olympics at in Missouri, who has, as a state has a phenomenal special needs or Special Olympics program. And so Kim was a family friend. Kim Platts is a family friend of my family. She reached out to my mom. I was like, "Hey, does Connor have any interest um, in working with TNT, kind of being a spokesperson?" And she didn't even know that I I I, I wanted to start working with uh, people with special needs. So uh, I was like, "Yeah, I'd love to." We kind of you know brainstormed Kim with the Able Games. Um, and so it's the second year, uh, you know, we raised a ton of money, both the first year and the second year, um, and then actually organically through the competition and, and the classes that TNT um, does for athletes with special needs, um, we have now started ABLE, which is um, a PE curriculum that the state of North Dakota um, is pretty much adopting as a whole. It'll be a PE curriculum. A student and a, uh, a, uh, an able-body and a special needs student can both um, get their required uh, PE credits for a semester because they partner up and then they go through our curriculum um, at, in a school year. Um, so it's a way for us to get into and help as many people as we possibly can. We don't have to have everybody come to TNT to help them. Um, so we're, we're bringing the curriculum to the schools, also to gyms. So whether you're a CrossFit gym or... Um, any sort of fitness center, you can take our curriculum and, and and have fitness classes for people with special needs. And everything's partnered because it's a great way to, you know, get people working with um, people with special needs. You know, sometimes it can be intimidating. You don't want to, you know, do the wrong thing, say the wrong thing. But um, when you get working with them and, and and really being around people with special needs, you really see the love that they bring and and how special they are. You know, I don't think I've ever seen anybody love the way a special needs person does so and then when they get to compete you know to have a parent come up to you at the able games and, and say you know that you know who you know they've always wanted their son or daughter to to compete in in you know just like everybody else does um, and to come up and you know tears in their eyes saying how awesome it was to finally get to see their child who's now maybe in their 20s finally get to compete finally get to see the smile on, on the, the special needs athlete's face from competing. Um, it's been truly special. And the final piece, actually, it's it's crazy how fast this has grown in two years, is able vocation. Um, so right now in a special needs um, person, I like to call them athletes because the able games, but when a special needs person is done with high school, they kind of just go to Medicaid right now and there's not a great path for them. You know, like everybody else, you can go to, you go to high school, then you go to college or you go to a vocation school um, and there's no real path for, for special needs people. So we're trying to build that path um, because a lot of them are able to do a lot of things. And through the, the competition has really shown how able these people are and this demographic is. Um, So it's been amazing. Um, It's been, incredibly fulfilling for my wife and I to, to be so involved in this and, and to see the way, see the way it's growing. Um, so, you know, hopefully Able is in, in every state and every PE class um, and uh, Able vocation is, is in every state to help help bring a bring a workforce with the people with special needs and, and allow them to, to live that fulfilling life um, through competing, through physical education, and then through a vocation. So we're just trying to um, yeah, give them the most fulfilling life we possibly can.
0: You mentioned Mitch Morse back at Missouri. Was there a specific child or a specific event or experience that you had in college where you said, Hey, not only did I like participating in this and being involved, but this is something that I want to continue to do down the line.
1: Yeah, we, uh, um, we, so during this competition, it was a, it was a weightlifting, um, meet for the special Olympics. And this athlete came up, um, the individual had to have been, I don't know, 180, 150 pounds. The coach helped walk them to the bench. You know, they couldn't get to the bench on their own. They laid down and and I was on one of the sides loading weights and helping spot and, uh, they, It was like 275. So it was was like double their body weight, easily double their body weight on a bench. And, you know, the coach, they they laid down on the bench. was like, all right, are you ready? And they like like kind of give him a head shake and lays down and absolutely smokes like a 2X body weight bench. And I was like, holy moly, that is incredible. (laughs) And that's kind of what did it for me, like just to see you know, something where like, I was like, there's no way this athlete's getting this bench. And then they just came down and absolutely smoked it. I was like, okay, this is, this is really cool. And I think a lot more people need to experience this um, because it's something that I had no idea that was there. And, 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 you know, I think the word able comes cause I use it all the time about how able these athletes are. And I think that's kind of where we got the name from, but to, to see that that athlete was able to do that was, was phenomenal. It was, it was, it was life-changing. So.
0: So how many days was the most recent ABLE games and how many events were the children able to participate in the kids?
1: So we had a Friday morning, we had like a play 60 type event for um, children, young children with special needs. Um, And then Friday afternoon we did this thing called the celebrity face off. I had some of my NFL friends and, and CrossFit friends Um, in town. And it was kind of like a pep rally. You just did fun things um, with sponsors. And each sponsored team had a a, a special needs adult and a special needs um, teenager. And they got to compete in fun games like a relay with an egg on a spoon and kind of like a dodgeball type thing and a tug of war, that kind of stuff. Kind of just to allow the sponsors to get their employees around um, people with special needs and and how to work with them and all that kind of stuff and then saturday sunday was the competitions. it was all day saturday all day sunday um, it was five events um, so we had four or we had uh five classes the in fitness competitions rx is like the top tier and then you have scaled then you have novice and then you had special needs adult and special needs child which is essentially teenagers so there's five five groups Five events, events a piece we had, um, you know, oh, you know, almost 200 athletes, um, 90 at, at least. It was, I think it was 90 athletes with special needs and almost 300 athletes total. So it was awesome.
0: Wow. So how emotional has this last couple of weeks been for you? As far as the strides you've taken with the kids there, back home, the ABLE games, how much this has grown and now you're a dad.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a crazy couple of weeks, you know, it, uh, we had set the deadline or the, uh, the, the date for the ABLE games, uh, a year in advance. And then, uh, a couple months later, we, we found out we were pregnant and it was going to, the due date was the Monday after the ABLE game. So my wife who, was, uh, full term, nine months pregnant, she went to the gala on Thursday night, both things Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, she did amazing. She was, uh, she was a rock star and, and everybody there you know, just couldn't believe how awesome she did. And then um, Monday came, and our, our daughter didn't quite come yet, and uh, she was about four days late. So then we got a couple days to, to catch our breath and, and uh, kind of reset and get ready for our uh, baby girl to come.
0: So, Connor, how important was it not only to get the games off, but now this thing's expanding? Like you talked about getting into the schools now.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, to me, that's the cool, like even the coolest part. Cause it, it came about so organically, it was just a, a need that was there in and in a, in a niche that TNT and um, our idea could kind of fit. So um, it worked out. It, it was just, it was, and I think that's the coolest part It's just so organic. Nothing was forced. It was just a need that we saw and we kind of capitalized on it and, and really fill in that need to help as many people as possible.
0: And you said how many kids uh, participated? You said like 300, right?
1: We had 300 athletes. That ranged from RX to, uh, you know, kids with special needs. The special needs kids and adults, we had 90, um, I think, 90 special needs athletes competing.
0: All right, so I wanted to get back to you a little bit as far as your day. Like you used, to, are you still a killer in the weight room? Because it's funny you mentioned somebody in terms of back in Missouri getting on the bench. Didn't you once tear a peck trying to bench five hundred plus?
1: I did. Yeah, I was on my way to set the school record, and um, I got a little cocky, and uh, I didn't. I didn't quite get my back right to to do a heavy bench and I I thought I was just going to bench 500 pounds like it was nothing and uh, I was wrong and I I tore my pec, but I did manage to get the squat record for the the, uh, weight room.
0: And what was the squat record?
1: Uh, So we did five rep maxes and I did 690 for five reps, which if you do the algorithm or whatever uh, mathematical, you know, to figure out your one rep max, it came out to about just over 800 pounds. But I have—I've never put 800 pounds on my back. I've done over—I've done about 750. I think is my best one rep.
0: That's legitimately crazy. You said 690. So how many plates on each side?
1: So we had a, a bigger bar. So it's a, a you know a big 70 uh, pound bar. So it's a lot thicker. So it wouldn't bend quite as much. And I had 300 um, uh, pound plates on each side. Um, and then a 45 on each side, and some smaller ones. So um, it it would it would have been 690 would be uh, what would that be? About eight plates on each side if you did it like just 45s. Pretty sure that's right. Quick oh. quick meathead math in my head. I think it's eight eight plates.
0: Man, that is ridiculous. Because I was thinking when you're talking 690, maybe points. once, but you're doing it five times.
1: Yeah, I did it for five reps. I uh, yeah. I Then I got excited, thought I was cool. Went to rip my shirt off, and I like ripped my shirt off. And then my belt was too tight. Almost passed out. It was a it was a whole deal, but uh, it, it was it was fun. It was exciting. Had the whole football team in the weight room. Um, it was a Friday. We'd been getting hyped. It was it was a really cool experience. Hey, let me
0: ask you how painful the torn pec was.
1: Uh, wasn't too bad. Uh, luckily I luckily had great coaches. Um, one of our coaches had trained at Westside barbell. Um, and as soon as the bar hit my chest and he saw my elbow kind of, uh, tweak out and said the bar go up, he knew instantly that I had started to tear my pecs. So he grabbed the bar, um, and saved me from a lot worse injury. So it was a grade 2 Didn't have to have surgery. Um, just got a pec half held on by some scar tissue right now. So Um, but no, it, it could have been a lot worse if I didn't have such great spotters there and coaches.
0: Uh, Oh my God. Uh, How much time off do you give yourself during the off season?
1: I, you know, I like to, I, I love to work out. Um, so I kind of, you know, maybe a week this year is a little different with, with my knee, but normally i take about a week of not really doing anything. Um, and then kind of slowly build back in. Um, and do, you know, more of a 45 to an hour workout and then just kind of slowly add add exercises and sets on as I go um, through the off season. But no, I, I love it. I, I love working out. I love I love the grind. So it's it's, you know, my getaway. It's it's, um, you know, I, I, I need that part of my day. So I, I don't take too much time off.
0: What are you listening to when you're working out?
1: depends it depends on the day you know if it, it depends on the exercise i'm doing at the time it depends on the mood i'm in um you know if i'm doing heavy squats it's you know heavy metal some god smack you know like uh, kind of like i call like you know it's more like little john like the high tempo rap there's nothing like so in mizzou when you're maxing out squats you, they just played throw it up by little john for all day all day it was on. So that, that song comes on. It's, it's time to squat some heavyweight.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, what do you attribute your durability in the national football league? We're going to get to your knee in a second, but 78 career games, 67 starts. You played in 15 games last year. Uh, you had an amazing durability run before missing a couple games. Uh, what do you attribute that to?
1: Uh, well, one, uh, you know, a little bit of luck, uh, some good genetics and then um, taking care of your body, you know, the kind of the way I train is to try to make it so that is anything that I can do in the off season to really build my body and build that uh, durability aspect of it. um, I do, I kind of try to incorporate that in my training as much as I can. And I think a big aspect that um, a lot of younger athletes don't understand is the mobility aspect. It's not being truly flexible, but being mobile. Um, so I do a ton of mobility work and try to do everything I can that way to, um, you know, if you get in those odd positions where you might get hurt, um, you should, you should have the mobility to be able to withstand that. And, uh, um, to a, to a point, obviously, um, to, to not get hurt and just kind of try to do that with the training.
0: Interesting. You say mobility work, when you're talking about mobility work, what are some important exercises for you as an offensive lineman?
1: To me, the biggest are uh, are a full snatch and a full clean. You know, really catching it in the bottom of that position, uh, bottom of the squat. You're able to be have your ankles at full flex, or full dorsiflexion, your knees at a full fully flexed position, your hips at a fully flexed position, and handle a lot of weight. Um, and then snatch, it's the same thing for your knees, hips, and ankles, plus and your back, but you're adding your shoulders into it. Um, it's a movement that you know, I'll post it on Instagram, and you get people commenting, "Oh, it's so bad for your back," at this, that, and the other. But you know, you can see it on film. I'll get in an odd position where I'm a, you know, maybe a little bit bent in a weird angle, and stuff. But my, I'm able to have the strength in an odd position um, to kind of come out of that, you know, withstand the block, and 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 at the end of the day, you know, for the most part, uh, come out a little bit, you know, injury free. Obviously. You can't um, prevent every single injury, but, you know, it's it's there's a lot and there's a lot of other things too. just you do. You need to stretch. You need to do all that kind of stuff, too. But, um, yeah, it's it's snatches and cleans have been been the biggest thing, in my opinion, to to help me be at where I am in my career and, and stay injury free.
2: Winbet is now live in New Jersey and they're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free 500 dollars sports bet. Download the Winbet app now or visit WYNbet.com to start winning. Winbet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at Winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call one 800 270 Seven one one seven.
0: You alluded to it before. How is the knee, and are things on schedule right now for you?
1: I'm 100 percent. Been running, been squatting, jumping, cleaning, snatching. Um, I, I'm back to uh, back to to be able to play a game. If I I uh, you know if it was season, I would be 100 percent practicing every day and and playing every snap. So um, I feel really good. Um, I spent most of the off season in Jersey rehabbing. Um, you know, was, the MCL was kind of the the injury that bit the O-line this year. And so they had healed um, quite a few of them. And, uh, and so I trusted that staff for uh, any injury, but especially this one um, because of how many they had uh, had healed this year. So um, stayed in Jersey. I got back to almost 100% before I left and then came back to, to North Dakota for the ABLE games and to, to have the baby, and then we're headed back to Jersey.
0: Awesome. What have you thought of the Jets offseason to date? Most notably, what's going to be happening next to you on either side? AVT going to move over to right guard and you pick up a pro bowler at left guard and Lincoln Tomlinson.
1: Yeah, I know if you watch the talking heads of football, they don't always talk about the Jets offseason. Uh, you know, maybe we haven't had the blockbuster trades or whatever, the crazy offseason it's been. But in my opinion, <laughs> the Jets have, have had the best offseason um, in, in terms of, uh, you know, patching. Um, the places that you know we need to be patched, and and uh, I've been been very impressed with this offseason. Um, every move has has made me happy. So, um, yeah, to have a Pro Bowler next to you, it's it's going to be hard to beat. And then obviously, Avt is 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 on a fast track to that Pro Bowl level. And um, for a guy at his age and athleticism, for him switching left to right uh, is, isn't a big deal. So, um, I'd expect another you know an even better year out of Avt, and then. And then Lakin has been in this system for, for his, you know, I think his whole career and with uh, JB every, every year, except for last, I'm pretty sure. So for him to come in, he's, he's not, uh, he's not a, you know, what I would say, uh, he's definitely not a greenhorn in this system. So he'll come in and, and instantly be a leader and, and actually have more experience in this offensive system than uh, anybody else. So, uh it, it's it, like uh, as an offensive line wise, we're in we're in great shape. But if you look on paper, we we have to be one of the the better offensive lines on paper. So um, we just need to come out and, and make sure we prove prove that the uh the paper's telling the truth.
0: Yeah. Have you been able to talk to Lincoln at all after he signed with the Jets? Obviously, if you had a busy offseason, maybe you guys have exchanged texts or something like that.
1: Yep, yeah, we've we've texted a couple of times. Uh we have the group chat we have the O line group chat going. Um, it's always a, a good time in the online group chat. Uh, it's, it's, uh, um, you know, it'll be quiet for a week and then it'll pick up for a week and, and, uh, some good, 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 uh, conversation is had in the online group chat for sure.
0: Uh, last year, let's talk about you individually. Was that your best year in the NFL? And if so, uh, why would you say that?
1: Yeah, I think it was my best year in the, the NFL. Um, you know, I, I fit well in this system, This system plays to my strengths. Um, and then, you know, it's just, I, I was, comp- you know, I had the most confidence going into the year. Um, I, I, you know, my body was the best it had been going into a, a, a season. And um, yeah, I mean, it just, it, everything kind of clicked uh, last year and um, I look to have an even better season this year. You know, I have <laughs> this going into year seven in the NFL, which someone had asked me that a couple weeks ago and I hadn't said it yet. And I was like, man, seven sounds old, six didn't sound old, seven sounds (laughs) old, but, uh, um, I'm going into year seven, but I've had uh, six offensive coordinators, six O-line coaches. So this will be my first year, um, in the exact same system with the exact same offensive coordinator and the exact same O-line coach. So I'm really excited to, to, to see how I can take my game to the next level. I get to spend, you know, the next two months, um, building on what I had last year instead of restarting. So uh, I'm really excited to build upon last year and uh, and uh, kind of go from there.
0: What about the kid behind you and Zach Wilson? Uh, how much did your communication maybe improve over the course of a year just by playing with each other? And also, what did you like from him, maybe what you saw on the field or off the field? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think Zach's gonna have a, a phenomenal year. You know, you saw it as the year went on, his confidence grow, um, his uh, playmaking ability grow, um, and so uh, you know he, he has the ability to make that that huge play, um, and that's what makes you know quarterbacks in this league special. And as the year went on, he also got like that. I think naturally he's a playmaker, and then as the year went on, he got better at being more systematic. You know, when that big play is not there, just taking the check down and moving on and and getting that building up to that big player and started and tr- instead of trying to make that highlight, you know, sports center play every single play. Um, it takes a maturity to, <clears throat> to let that build and, and capitalize when that opportunity comes and when that opportunity is not there um, to take the easy couple of yards and, and move on. And, and that's really what, in my opinion, what you saw grow from Zach. And then our communication is great. You know, he, you uh, know, I have a great relationship uh, and, and, Whether it's on the field, off the field, in meetings, you and I communicate really, really well. Um, So I'm really excited for this year, Um, whether that be because the O line, you know, you got MC back healthy, you got uh, Zach back, we got some weapons on the outside, and I'm, I'm really excited.
0: Yeah, I think there's a crazy stat that we looked up just today. We're talking about it that the Jets were the second team since the merger in 1970 to have rookies lead them in receiving yards like you mentioned, Elijah Moore, in rushing yards, Michael Carter, and then passing yards in Zach yeah. Wilson. So this this is a young team with some talent on it.
1: Yeah, and then one of our best offensive linemen is also a rookie. So um to, to have an offense built around essentially rookies, um, for lack of a better term, and then and to have them going into year two with the same system, same coaches – same building, you know, and then adding the pieces around them that are needed to really take it to the next level. I think our offense could be really special or Will. Hey, be give really me
0: special. your fit. Fa- give me your favorite Robert Sala story from year one. So,
1: I I don't I don't know if I can tell the exact story, uh, but it was come a, on, a, it was, we're all friends here. It was a, it was a team <laughs> meeting, and we were in Green Bay. Um, and the story that Sala told was, was awesome. And, and so my favorite thing, I'll just say that my favorite thing about Sala um, is how he, he teaches in, in kind of a, uh, uh, almost like a parable kind of way, for if that makes sense. Like he tells great stories um, and they all have great meaning and, and more than just on-the-field meaning. Like he, he's really leading men. And Because t- t- there are some – some of the guys in the league are, are young and they, and they still need that – you know, how to be a great man example. And Saul is that. Um, so his stories, whether they're the night before games or in this case, the, the day of a, of a joint practice, um, uh, they're awesome. And I think he's, he's a great leader um, and, and I, I really enjoy playing for him.
0: You know, something that's always struck with me about Robert is that he never calls any of the guys, boys or kids or rookies. He calls everybody young men.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's a leader of
0: men. Yeah. Connor. Okay. You just talked about it before, man. You've been in the league for a few years now. You got a birthday coming up. Let's (laughs) let's go back to 2017 real quick. What was your draft experience? Like you're taking in the fifth round out of Missouri. I, I don't know if everybody remembers this, but it's not like you were playing center at Missouri before you were drafted.
1: No, I kind of my whole career, I've always kind of been like the backup center that plays guard. Um, you know, and and uh, so I actually had to play left tackle my senior year at college, which, um, especially in the SEC being you know six four uh, 300 pounds on a good day, um, 305 maybe, you know, you're a little, I'm a little small, I got. Sh- arms that if a draft analyst was talking about me, a tackle would say incredibly short, good for a center, incredibly short for a tackle. (laughs) Um, So me playing left tackle my senior year didn't do me any favors in the draft. Um, Then I went and got hurt at the senior bowl when I was supposed to kind of the first 30 minutes of the first practice. um, And that's kind of, I was using that to kind of cement that I was an NFL guard. Um, So I went in fifth round of the draft, came into the Broncos, um, little adversity my first year at the Broncos. Um, but ever since then, you know, I was, I was always kind of been that backup center that was playing guard. Um, and then, unfortunately, one of my best friends um, in my third year got hurt, Matt Paredes. Um And I, like I said, I was the backup center playing guard. So I slid over to uh, center in the middle of the game. Um, and uh, and and the rest is, is history. And, and I really enjoy center. And um, to be honest, I've always felt like it was naturally my, my the position that I would excel at the best. Um, and I just never quite had the opportunity to play. I had a great center in college named Evan Baim, was in the NFL, um, and then got to the Broncos and Matt Paradis was there. So I wasn't uh, going to be centered uh, with him there. Um, and so, but once I had that opportunity, I really, really capitalized on it and, uh, and kind of cemented myself there. And, and it's the position that I really enjoy.
0: Yeah. You kind of like the overlooked piece up there is this offensive line moves ahead hey do you will you pay attention draft weekend or a a veteran in your shoes is kind of like hey wake me up after the draft is over now I know what I have to do to get ready
1: I enjoy the draft um it's it's a cool experience you know I remember it and how how you know emotional it was and how special it was when I was going through it um the stories you hear about you know uh espn or whoever nfl does a great job of of filling everybody in on the background and and, you know because sometimes we get a little you know depersonalized i i guess uh and it really kind of brings the 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 person into the picture in the draft in my opinion And and i love hearing the stories and and seeing the adversity everybody's fought through to get to where they are um so i enjoy it and plus you you like to see who uh who your rookies are going to be, who's going to be buying you uh, rookie dinner. So um, I enjoy it uh, to watch it and, and see how it goes and, and to see who your new teammates are. And, and, uh, and yeah, I, I enjoy watching it.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's a great opportunity for this organization, right, with the two top 10 picks, the four in the top 38-9 overall. And we were just talking about before a few of those guys in that 2021 draft class. If you get another draft class like the one you had last year, Do you think you guys are going to be well on your way to what Joe Douglas said, playing meaningful games in December?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you, if you can hit on two drafts in a row, like we did last year, um, you're set up for, you know, a solid five, six, seven, eight years, of really, really good football ahead. Um, and I think, you know, (laughs) Joe D, his team, coach Sala, all the coaches, they're the right guys that are, 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 um, there to do it and you know it's kind of funny I was at the end of the season doing my exit interviews I was hurt and I kind of went in and did interviews a little early so I didn't have to be there on the last day taking everybody's time and I was sitting there talking to coach Sala and I was like just out of curiosity like what do you look for when you draft a guy and he was like he's like I don't look for who has the most potential Per se, he's like I look for the guy that's going to hit his highest potential or who's most likely to hit his full potential. He's like I want a team full of guys that are hitting and operating at the highest their highest potential, not guys that have the most potential. And I thought that was it was awesome and and that like to me tells says that he's drafting guys on who they are, not you know what they can do. Um, and I think that's a great way to build a very successful team. Um, a great way to, to to build a championship team, and as you saw from the 2021 draft, um, Joe D and and Coach Sala and all the all the everybody you know the hundreds of people that go into to all that kind of stuff um, did a f- phenomenal job, and and I just see them building on that next year with you know that basis in mind when when you get Joe D and Sala operating at an extremely high level and, and really picking the guys that are going t- 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 to to f- fulfill that and reach their potential every day, um, you're going you're gonna to win a lot of football games.
0: Wow. Uh, we're going to leave it at that. Well said. Uh, Connor McGovern, such an exciting off season for you, your family, the people out there in North Dakota who you're helping. Congratulations on all of that. And if we don't see him before your birthday, happy birthday, my man.
1: Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I'm getting old. Not quite 30, but almost. Getting there. Definitely getting there. (laughs)
0: Thanks, buddy.